suddenly it wasn't just about my business growing. It was about growing people. And that shift changed me forever. Wow. That was my spark to passion and joy that shifted my passion to doing hair for my clients into being a true entrepreneur of growing the people that invest in operating and supporting my company operating and growing income streams for the company. All right, founders. Well, welcome to another episode of the Gab Lab. And actually, this is our first episode of season two. And uh, we are so, so lucky today because we are joined by none other, the incomparable Candace Fiesel, who I'm going to say sole owner now right? Of the Style Academy. So congratulations on that. That is, uh, that's a, uh, that's definitely a milestone moment. Okay, Candice, I'm excited to dig in. Um, I have been looking at your Instagram feed for the last half an hour, 45 minutes, and I feel like I've been sharing this summer with you and, <laughs> and this COVID experience. And we've had an opportunity to, um, to work together in, in the past as well. And I am just so appreciative of you taking this time to show up here today in the studio because you are, uh, you're an inspiration. You're an inspiration to me and you're an inspiration to so many others. So thanks for making the time. Thank you, Tanya. Okay, so where do we start? I think, you know, when I think about um, how you inspire me most, it's about what you've managed to actually pull off because the, I think like many founders, you, um, you have uh, a vision, you're creative, you love to build, you see an opportunity. You're like, let's make this world a more beautiful space. Here's what we can do. Like many entrepreneurs, I think you're a phenomenal multitasker. You're not doing one thing at a time. You're doing many things at a time with many ideas, but unlike many entrepreneurs, you've managed to pull them all off. You've pulled them all off and, and you've done so, you've done so brilliantly. Okay, so Candice, let's break down um, what you've got going on at the moment. So you're the sole owner, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but the sole owner of the Style Academy, which is a training facility for hairstyling cosmetology. Did I say that word right? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, your other business, and this is one of the very first businesses that you started, right? Sheer Escape. Yes, Sheerscape Salon. Sheerscape Salon. Um, you are also the creator of My Life Planner. And so maybe tell the maybe tell the audience a little bit about what that is. So My Life Planner has become this gift that I can pass on to team members when I speak or do workshops, when I'm introducing the vision of these new chapters for those coming into our programs at the Style Academy. It's a tool to capture the growth journey or the healing journey, depending, we're kind of always navigating both, to be honest, and really capture them, stay curious with life and see the gift that it really is. So it's, it's truly my passion project. And I think when we go into business, we, we want to start with that kind of project, but sometimes it takes, yeah, 16 years to get to the point where you're in front of a class that you visualized years ago and sharing tools that you've learned along the way. Beautiful. And this is the third year that you've been publishing, right? The My Life Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, awesome. Passion project. And I think what's so important about that too, what I love about it is that we have so much to learn in our reflections, 
right? Like there's just so much going on up here all the time to actually take the moment, take a moment, take the time to write out how you're feeling, you know, what happened, why it's happening. There's just such incredible learning in that process. So thank you for putting that journal out. Um, and then this third, this, actually this fourth piece, you've got life school. And so tell us about what life school is. So life school is kind of the continued growth of professional development to the Style Academy. So it's our way of, okay, if you're not sure where you're going to go yet in your career path, if you're curious about getting that first job and you're nervous, there's a lot of anxiousness in our youth these days, it's really an introduction to professional development for youth, 14 to 17 is that age group. And I've just had a blast because it's been my true passion. My first PD book was the seven habits of highly effective teens. And it just, after connecting to that side of me, it just has constantly been a passion and a curiosity. It's never stopped. So that's where that initiative happened is like kind of going back to when I started and bringing that curiosity into our youth today. Beautiful. And so it feels like to me, it feels like all the businesses are somewhat related. There's a thread and that thread is, it almost feels like empowerment, even from the beauty side, but from the training side and the knowledge side, um, same with the salon, it's about empowerment, feel your best self, right? Have the outside mirror what's going on in the inside. And then obviously through, through your life planner and through the life school right now, is that fair to say that that kind of feels like the thread? Yeah. Beauty from the inside out. And uh, you know, it's not always become, about the industry only now it's really branched away from that and saying who are you and what gifts are you going to share with the world and you know how life truly is a gift and how we can you know tap into that regularly I love that I think that was a big um that was a big shift that we saw through COVID right where people really wanted more meaning out of their life it wasn't just the trade mm -hmm. and the trade in and of itself it's like how can you show up in the world and really share your, your gift and your purpose. And um, I just have to say, you're doing it so um, graciously, right? Like it's just, you've, you've, you've really mastered it. There's an art to how you are doing it and showing up in the world. So thank you for being that inspiration. So yeah. now I'm, I, I know I'm asking, and I know everybody listening to this is asking it, how, how do you do this? How do you not only start four businesses, but how do you build them and manage them? Like how, how do you do it? Are there pillars? Are there mantras? Tell us how you do it. What's the magic? Well, my answer today would be very different from what uh, path I thought I was getting into at 21, running a hair salon. And uh, in that first year, I think I it just was all in answering phones, opening, closing the business. I was the person working six days a week behind the chair. And I just like, I loved my industry so passionately. It was community driven. I was in every networking event. And I think many entrepreneurs can relate to that first year where you're just all in, you know, nothing can tire you out. You have endless energy of passion. And year one. Uh, yes, right. sorry. That's year one. Yeah. That endless passion. Yeah. Year one. Candace, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, for me, my, my path got cut short. It wasn't even a year and it was about eight months in when a trauma that I experienced cut my path to that being all in very short. So I woke up in a hospital from an assault. 
Uh, I had a central stroke, so I had to relearn to walk, talk, eat, and see. And I was told I may never do hair again. So for me, not having employment insurance, not uh, knowing what was going to happen in my salon, I think at that point I only had four or five employees that I just had to let go and trust that they could do what they, they could maintain what I had helped uh, create. And I had to just focus on me and my health and how I was going to progress and heal and get back to that next version of me because I would never be the same. So I was able to get victim services to support me. The house that we previously had together, uh, this was an ex-fiance where the assault came from. So um, we hadn't sold the home before. It was only three days from the separation between that and the time the trauma happened. So I had the other home. I rented the upstairs and the basement out. I renovated the basement of the new home I bought and put it into a suite so that I could earn some income because victim services, I think, only lasted a few months. And at that point, you know, you have you have debt. I was so young, I couldn't get a loan by myself. My parents had co-signed for me and I just had this deep commitment to getting back to where I was going to be contributing to the salon again. Um, it was just never going to be the same. And, and so I started investing in consulting. I started seeking out expert advice and, and not just like I had a one hour session, this was full immersion, tens of thousands of dollars where it was like, this was me going to university. Wow. Wow. <laughs> do you feel that the, do you feel that the trauma um, was that, I, I don't, so I'm saying rock bottom, obviously this isn't about you reaching your rock bottom. Mm-hmm. This was, and I don't want to play the victim card, but this was done to you. But was, was that the gift in this is that it, it just really propelled you to figure stuff out. Otherwise without it, you, you might've stayed, you might've stayed flat. I don't know. Can you explore that a little bit with me? Yeah. I don't know that I would have ever given up that type of work hard mentality and let go. Uh, The performance-based career path, the work smarter, not harder um, that I learned that mentality I learned from taking a week off to go to a full immersion program in the States. I would have probably never taken a whole week off. Wow. So, so the, the gift in that is I chose to, because I had to, I had to figure out a new way of operations that wasn't just on Candace working really hard and, and coming back to a career, pay, career performance-based career path for my team, it really helped them see their growth opportunity. And suddenly it wasn't just about my business growing, it was about growing people. And that shift changed me forever. Wow. That was my spark to passion and joy that shifted my passion to doing hair for my clients into being a true entrepreneur of growing the people that invest in operating and supporting my company operating and growing income streams for the company. Candace, I, I, so I don't want to put you on the spot, but what I think you have said is so, so important for founders mm-hmm. to hear this. And I think it's almost cliche, work smarter, not harder. For you, it took the trauma to shake you out of that, you know, that grind 
Do you have any advice? Again, this kind of on the spot and, and you can think about it and we can come back to it. But for those founders, like 99.9% that are just, you know, head against the wall, working hard, trying to figure out why nothing's happening. How can we shift that mentality for them without them having to hit their rock bottom? Or do you think that people, what are your thoughts on that? I really just think we need to let go sooner and build systems and structures that we believe in, take the time and space to do a system well the first time, delegate it and let go. And until we do that, you're going to continue to pile up this unnecessary pressure that takes away you from being in your genius, from being in the playground you want to be in. And, you know, our capacity has to be a top priority and same with the team's capacity. So knowing when to add more people. I love that. So if we, um, so as a, as a step, potentially really starting to document all of the processes and then having the the faith and the trust to start to let that go, to delegate, to hire those people on slowly. This is the other thing I think that, you know, in your wheelhouse, your zone of genius and and really what has uh, allowed you to thrive is the fact that you are willing to delegate, the fact that you've built such a strong team of people around you. And so one of the things that you just mentioned is this performance-based salary. And can you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So personal development meetings has just become like a transition ever since that, uh, that day, right. What came back with this new knowledge every six to eight weeks and meet with every individual team member one-on-one. And we talk about what their celebrations are, where their challenges are and some action plans for that next six to eight weeks. What are they going to clearly focus on to improve that performance? So you know, it's not that big team meeting. No, we still did those. We call them hot topics once a month. It's all good things and excitement and launching. But those one-on-one meetings often were about personal things. Because when we are strong within what's going on in our personal worlds, how do we show up at work, right? So those intimate connections, the conversations I've had with my team over the years, whether they moved on or they see with, I really believe those meetings made differences in those people's lives because I made the time for them. Mm. And those were the people that helped me last 16 years in business, whether they're still with me or not. They had a huge impact on the time they were with me. And I hopefully had that impact on them because of the time it took to invest in them. Wow. And so out of curiosity, when you talk about performance based, I can see where you're going with the whole um, personal development and professional development as well. The actual compensation that that you would pay, would you expect them to show up to? And then when they start to show you that they're willing to learn and grow and apply the knowledge, not just learn it, but apply it. Is that when you there would be incremental uh, financial compensation gains to their salary? Like, did those two equal out or no? Did you go all in at the beginning with full trust that this person was going to show up or did they, did you no. stagger and mirror it together? Strictly performance. Okay. So you need in level one, 60 guests um, or 90 guests, 60 of them have to be repeating loyal to you. Uh, you need to have your retail sales at a certain margin you need to have your pre-book. So so many people coming in are reserving the next visit with you. So you have that loyalty performance. So a lot of tracking. 
uh, a lot of just ownership of knowing your business. So kind of entrepreneurial, right? They're, they're becoming their own entrepreneur within my business because if they know their business, they get up to $10,000 more in annual sales just by level jumping $5 per service. And you as a loyal customer to, you know, JD, who you love, you don't want to leave her for $5. You, you want to continue to invest in her. And we don't call it a price increase. We call it a promotion. So language was a huge thing in shifting how we felt about celebrating our stylist journey and their growth path. They, they're given education dollars amongst whatever level they are. So if they're in that level four senior master stylist, we expect them to be more educated. So they're getting four and $500 a year in order to stay up to that par of what they're charging. So there's a layers of expectations amongst the levels of performance. And I believe this is what motivates people to have a purpose, to have, they know why they're showing up. They know they can choose to earn it as fast as they can. And with social media now, our industry professionals are earning income far faster than ever before because they can grow that audience so much quicker. Wow. So in, so in that, my two takeaways from that, and, and tell me if I'm right here, I'm hearing one, you're actually not managing people, you're growing people. You're not managing your team, you're growing your team, you're developing your team, and not just in volume of the size of the team, but in their mindset and their capacity. So that that to me is one mindset, you know, um, uh, asset, I think, in, in hearing all of this that I'm thinking, okay, founders, I need you to hear that right? It's about growing and developing that team, not managing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, this with the, the other piece about what I love about what you're talking about is I know that many founders come from a place of, um, a, yes, scarcity, but the word I'm actually thinking of is, it's almost a little bit of martyrdom, where they think they're not going to get the right people if they don't pay that, you know, 25, 35, $50. If they don't pay at the top of the scale, they're not going to get top of scale people. What I love about what you're saying, and because you are just incredibly financially fierce, you're, you're saying, you know, come join our team, but you're going to have to meet us halfway. And you're going to have to show us that you're willing to do the work necessary and develop We'll give you the tools, but you need to apply them and then we'll financially compensate you accordingly. Is that, yeah, you're that giving right? the tools and it's up to you where you earn. Okay, love it. Yeah, and it's a beautiful transition. And then from there, we actually have it, we're a teaching salon. So we have an associate training program, which especially now that I have a school, we're hiring our graduates and growing them into a level system program where they get a uh, you know, the senior spouse is getting an associate that they're responsible to train and build and uh, pass on their knowledge. So it's not me passing on knowledge anymore. It's our top current stylists in that salon. They're growing the new associates. And then we also now have two shareholders. And, the, you know, that business model for me has been life-changing because I now can trust my operations daily or, or pristine. We meet quarterly about our operations as review, but then I can continue being a visionary and growing into the school and the planner and the speaker and doing workshops and, and community programs that I'm passionate about because I have shareholders that are invested in these companies that have grown from day one. So my first shareholder has been with me since the first day I opened. She was the first employee I ever hired. 
Now, she also helped me learn to walk. And so I think those bonds that we created so early on. Literally? Um, literally helped Literally, you she helped me learn trauma. to walk okay. yeah. after my trauma. So so the, the that bond and that connection and that loyalty, you know. And she would be fine at me sharing. I think a few years in, she was thinking about um, going and opening her own salon. Her family had had some property and she was going to go do kind of more of a booth rental and I had the courage to go and have a meeting and say this is you know friendship to friendship I'm not coming here as your boss I want to come here as a friend and say look why not buy into an established company where we already have that cash flow we already have that team and we become partners and we continue to scale and grow this together and she said yes and didn't you know go it on her own and I think that that happens often in our industry. It's kind of that grass is greener, but I really believe when you come together, you know, we've got up to 16 staff on our team now and we're 1,280 square feet. We're just a tiny little salon. Um, you know, we got 12 chairs, 14 profit centers, but, but 16 people operating 12 hours a day, seven days a week. So it's, it's been able to scale with hours of the day versus scale with the size of business mm. where you have more rent. Yes. So the smarter, not harder is constantly like right innovating there. and improving the existing operations Brilliant. and encouraging and empowering your team to want to take on more responsibility and more growing other people. Right. So, and so I'm hearing in all of this too, even with your shareholders, it's not, um, I don't know what the contrary is. What I am hearing is that it's about connection and purpose. It's, mm -hmm. it's about bringing people together for a shared vision, for a shared purpose. And it's not just about build the business, build the business, build the business. It's about that purpose. And then the business builds because of that shared purpose and those shared values. I think somewhat, but I will say the one-on-one -on -one meetings isn't about a shared vision. It's all about them. Okay. And I would say that's the big difference because if they're trying to buy their first car, if they're trying to get out of debt from years of things tracing them. So in those PDMs, I suddenly find out there's large amounts of debt and we build a five-year plan that $28 a day of tips will get you out of debt in five years. That wasn't about a vision that we had collectively. That was about me checking my vision gotcha. and asking what their vision is. And suddenly they become so loyal because they, they'd never understood financing in that way. Wow. They got these, this knowledge and this power from the ability to grow their own income and know how much they can earn. And just the gratuities will get them out of debt. $28 a day for, for the shifts for a month will get them out of debt in five years. And they thought it was chasing them for years. And so those are the stories that I believe are far stronger than one leader's vision. Brilliant. It's actually more about what they want in their life. Brilliant. And then how that, how that ties into the, how that ties into the, the business and the mechanics of the business. And their opportunity to grow their entrepreneurial I love business. that, Candice. I love that. Yeah. You are, you're a smart, smart, Woman, you're very smart. Um, speaking of smart and speaking of teams, I'm curious, your financial team, who do you have on your financial team? You have a bookkeeper, you have an accountant. 
Anybody else? Yeah, bookkeeper, accountant, and then I have a wealth advisor, and um, she's just been a gem. Uh, you know, being a hairstylist, I met a lot of people that taught me a ton of different journeys of where they grew their wealth and how they did things. And some had planes, some had, you know, it was just so cool to hear all these stories from people, yeah, the real life people as a stylist. And uh, my advisor took me on, I think it was a minimum of a hundred thousand to even work with her. And I was way before that point, but she's seen that I was going to get there. And so she invested in me really early on and let me come on as a customer. And, and now she's like, uh, you know, we're a biweekly conversation. Uh, she's taught me everything from, you know, uh, just the scaling, the staying curious, asking the hard questions, uh, understanding what's going on in the, economy and how it's affecting things but I have a pretty aggressive plan and uh she's all for listening to it we're doing a full revamp here in the fall uh I got two more years to hit this big goal that I've been putting out there to the universe for 10 years so um I couldn't do it without that team and it goes back to like rich dad poor dad before I bought my first house wrote that first big check yeah you know now I think of where I want to be and and it doesn't include giving my time includes really being smart about how I manage the things you do for fun and the 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 growth and the money that I've been able to grow from that passion and how where I put it after I grow it I love that it's not so much about how I consume Okay, good. Yeah, produce, right? Versus consume. Yeah. And I love that you've got the the goal I have always found in working with entrepreneurs, whether it's in business or whether it's in life, to get clarity on what that goal is that you're actually working towards. It starts to inform all of your decisions that you make on a day-to-day basis. What I love about what you're talking about, though, too, is then make it make it personal for those people that are around you. What is their goal? And then how do those, how do those goals come together? Um, I'm curious, how often are you looking at your numbers? All the time. All the time. Every day you're looking at your numbers and what do you look at? What do you measure? Usually daily. So, so when I'm doing, so first of all, if I'm talking, uh, there's many different avenues, which business we're talking about, they're all very different, (laughs) but I do have an annual plan of when I check in with my bookkeeper for quarterly for the salon, because we're a well-oiled machine there. We got pretty good consistency and flow there. Um, Here at the Style Academy, we kind of, um, we're in that quarterly, but it's harder seasonal. It's different seasons that we review. So I'm more uh, tighter time chunked of like every two months here. and I guess as far as my corporate uh, growth plan with my my holding companies, um, I I've been able to get to that point where we borrow money to the other companies and I get the interest from that. I, and yeah, that's yeah. the kind of playground that okay. gets really. I fun. love it. I definitely wanted to talk about that because when I was thinking yeah. of you know what are your assets like what do you really bring and bring bring and and how do you show up powerfully when it comes to money that was one of them when I was working with you when I had that opportunity to really understand your your strengths and your assets that was one that just kind of blew me away so I I want to talk about that um, and I also just want to ask you too so with the Style Academy correct me if I'm wrong but you came in and purchased that business correct. 
you came in and purchased it. And I was thinking about this. Do you think there's any correlation between this idea of, you know, why work harder? Why start something from scratch when there's already a framework there that I can now buy and just strengthen instead of all the heavy, you know, grunt work of those early days and starting something up? Do you think there's a correlation there? Yeah, I did actually hire another consultant uh, to make that decision. Uh, I was really heavily involved with a mentor that has a franchise in the States that I I desperately wanted. I just wanted to be that first franchise in Canada and I knew it was going to work. And, you know, I just had so much passion because I fell in love with my mentor and I love what she does in the States. And I wanted to kind of create that here. And um, I just didn't know if it felt right financially when I did the numbers. And I'm pretty good. Like I'm a passionate spreadsheet girl. So I hired an even more passionate spreadsheet person prior to knowing you. And because uh, I know we are vibing on spreadsheets. And he really helped me assess the three plans. So there was the franchise plan, there was buy existing plan, and there was start from scratch. And like becoming accredited was a huge thing. So the start from scratch really kind of got dimmed quickly. But buying the existing was the primary kind of answer when you seen the total picture. And I think that's a big lesson for me because I really lead with my heart and I'm also a very loyal person. I love that connection to people and my people. Um, And that called my mentor telling her like, I'm not going forward with the franchise was really hard. But to this day, she's my first person I can text. Um, She continues to run a thriving franchise in the States and, and they only brought one to the Canada and it did really have a hard time transferring that model into Canada. So, so buying existing turned out to be the best result, but I didn't go in that decision lightly and I hired expert help to make that decision. And my, you know, skills from having that one-on-one attention with a consultant grew substantially because my knowledge of spreadsheets and the comparing and formulations that you can create with facts, you know, not emotions. I think that's huge. I think it's what I'm hearing in all of that is you did your due diligence. You didn't just jump in and hope that it was going to be the right decision. You knew it was the right decision because you did your homework, mm-hmm. you checked it out, you crunched the numbers. Um, yeah. And so many founders out there just, you know, jump, right? They, they just run off the cliff and they hope that a parachute is going to open on the, on the way down. So thank you for that. I think that's a, that's an extraordinary, extraordinary lesson. Um, I think the other thing too on that one, Tanya, is it took three years to get the new brand and the new location that was a big part of like mm. how I wanted this industry seen. So I had to move to that, you know, location and take on the brand and do the due diligence prior to like that three year that felt like forever to open the new brand and open the new space. Um, so but it, it really easy. helped me financially. Yeah. You're saying it wasn't, it wasn't, you just bought a business and you got to open up shop the next day. It was no. the strategic decision although you still had to build on on that yeah. okay that's important thank you for that like slowing that down and being okay it's going to take you know some stages gotcha so the the last thing I want to dive in here is again this this mindset that you have of being an investor so one of the things that really just kind of blew me away is you choosing not to borrow money from lenders 
because it was going to be too expensive. You were going to lose money on it. And then, hey, wait a minute, you were in the position where you thought, well, these businesses can lend to these other businesses, which were all within your, in your sphere. Um, and then keep that wealth and that growth building within. So I guess two questions there. That is definitely a mindset for you to think like an investor like that and strategically um, think about the investment opportunity. It, was that mindset, were you born with that? Or was that, was that, was that nurtured over time, nature or nurture? No, that was definitely nurtured. I planted seeds from learning to use the bank's money. And then I did get to a point where I did go into a bank and ask questions. And I said, oh, well, how come I'm being charged this interest when I have that much money in the bank to, to not have to have that? Or like, can you not do something more for me? I'm not this young baby entrepreneur anymore. I've no skills. And uh, the answer was just simply no. And I think I said, thank you very much. And I walked out of the bank that day and I borrowed the money to myself and paid myself interest at the rate that I wanted to pay that. So did everybody hear that? I hope everybody <laughs> heard that. I hope everybody heard that. I think, I think that you did one thing that you did, which a lot of founders don't do is you went in and you had the conversation. You asked the question, what are you doing? What can we do to, to streamline this a little bit? I've shown up for you for this many years. What can you do for me? So I think that's really powerful because I don't think a lot of founders do that. And the other thing that I just love, you just kicked whoop there because you, you know, okay, you're not going to do anything for me. Then I'm going to do it for myself, right? Like I'll just, I'll show up and you'll make money in that, uh, in that process. Yeah. And so I'm curious, did you always put money aside? Like, were you always kind of in a, in a stage where your businesses were profitable, where you, if that's where the money came from that you were able to invest, you got really disciplined with taking that money and setting it to the side? Yeah, I'm not a consumer as much as I am a strategic planner. So I like to see, I always have that five-year plan in place. Like, like before I was going to buy the school, like I was able to buy it with the profits from my salon over the years. So, you know, 21, I opened the salon and at 30, I bought the school and I was able to do it with profits from my salon and incorporated money versus after tax dollars. So, so this is a huge shift when you think of like the details be underneath of that. And then the biggest challenge financially was actually, you know, five years in when we were showing profits after five years where we were like, okay, let's pay off our shareholder loans. We've proven we're profitable and never had a bank loan. Um, and, and we couldn't get a bank loan to pay off our shareholder loans after showing, taking all the risk for five years and having, you know, cash in the bank that could pay for it. So once again, we kind of got into that position of, you know, finding a bank that was willing to work with us. And I was very lucky to find um, a, a great support system here in the city, but I did have to go to five banks. And, and after having five years of running this business now, eight years, so just a few years ago, we finally got a bank loan for the business where we'd never had one before. So it's, uh, it's very interesting. It is. And, but I think again, what's so powerful about this is that it just didn't all magically come together. You did all of the work, you, you, you did the hard work, you did the smart work, right? It just slowly piece by piece by piece, but staying on top of it all challenging 
status quo, challenging the the thoughts and, and the institution around, hey, you know, I've shown up and I've shown that we're, we're feasible and I've shown that we're, uh, a, a, it, we're not a, a security risk, right, with respect to um, the money situation. And, and so I just, I love that you've shared all of this story because it just makes everything seem so doable, but you just need to be disciplined and diligent and keep at it and ask the tough questions and you're going to be told no, and you're going to hear that doesn't work. But what makes you different is that you persevered, you kept at it. Yeah kept at it. So powerful. Um, the last question, I swear the last one right now, I, are there any challenges and you, you, you spoke from the heart and thank you with, with the trauma that you went through and kind of how that just kind of flattened you. That was a rock bottom moment for you. Anything that you've had to overcome since then that you struggle with, but it, it doesn't come easily for you that you just, you want to share with founders if they're kind of coming from a place of strife right now that, you know, this is what, how, what you're overcoming and how you do that? Well, I guess I'd say there's, there's two bigger ones, one personally and one professionally. Um, in the last three years, I've had a divorce, so I had to do a buyout of my home to continue on, and I'm a single mom of two boys. Uh, so that, of course, is a financial change in my personal world, and I think that what I found is not many people talk about that and there is this healing and shame and challenge and you know heaviness that comes along with that it's kind of like the silence that you kind of go into this private space because you're absorbing and shifting the changes and then a pandemic hit and then just a year into the pandemic I did a, a buyout from my business partner for the style academy the largest business i own um so again you know personally financing those two massive changes amongst the pandemic as a single mom and yeah i think that i've really kept that private and personal for the last three years but i think more people need to talk about that personal side of life outside of being an entrepreneur entrepreneur you're still a person and you still have to feed and fuel your soul and your purpose is a big part of that but also your recharge space your vacations your connection with your family and your people and continuing to grow a tribe around you that can relate to the life you're currently in oh candace thank you for that thank you for <laughs> for uh, for sharing that and it, it brings to mind on one of your posts you talked about the power of the pause and, mm -hmm. and just really um, taking that moment to connect with yourself, right? Mm -hmm. I, business, we're, we're flying a million miles a, a minute and um, it, uh, it can be extremely destructive. And so to take that pause to understand where you're at, why you're there, the love around you, surrounding yourself with that tribe yeah. through, those, through those trying times. So thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing everything that you have this morning. I know in, you know, again, watching one of those posts, you talked about that um, you feel most powerful when, when you know that you're and big part of your purpose is to know that you've given to others and that others are growing as a result of what you are doing. And mm -hmm. um, thank you for investing the time here today. Cause I know the return on investment is huge. At least for so many founders that are, are listening into this, I know that your words will have a huge impact 
on how they build their business and, and their bottom line. So thank you. You've had a huge impact on me and the work that I do. Um, and for people that want to reach out to you, I'm, I, I kind of looked at this, I, I'm going to maybe suggest the life planner is a really good place because it, it's just so diverse that anybody can use that right now in their life. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's uh, my favorite gift to share with people because I'm often asked to like, Hey, can we go for coffee? You know? And it's like, this is this tool with a 12 week course that goes alongside it. Now that can actually share the pieces of me in detail and depth of how I keep flowing forward, whether it's personal setbacks that I face or professional setbacks or adding new team members, helping them get organized or just going in and, you know, having that real talk within and not feeling heavy from your journey, but celebrating it and just saying that's, yeah, that's me. Oh, and I love that. Flowing forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is my year. That's my annual I love it. thing. I love you know, it. live honestly was your one of the planner. Uh, rise was your two. Yeah. And this year it's flow. So yeah. I like to pick my power power words for the theme for the year and I've been flowing through this whole deal and beautiful. I'm trusting the process and uh feeling life's gifts beautiful well thank you for for your gift and and for being here and sharing all of this incredible information um I know in one of the one of the posts you talked about uh the challenge and I so I'm going to encourage everybody to go check you out it's candy right candy Fiesel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and so you did a challenge and you asked everybody, you asked the audience, you asked your tribe, you know, what is your why? And I, I'm just going to close on this because I think it dovetails so nicely, but the why of why we do this podcast and why we have nailed the numbers is because founders have made it so much harder than it needs to be. It's all this stuff going on in here that we, you know, we keep ourselves just caught up in all of this um, strife and angst and overwhelm and anxiety and not even sure where we where to start. And so business is all about it's all about making it's all about making money, right at the otherwise we won't be in business, but serving a purpose and doing it with passion, and mm -hmm. and making our world a better place. And you are just the epitome of how all of this comes together purpose, passion, people, profit, like you are it, you are, you're the financially fierce deal there, Candace. So thank you for showing up uh, so powerfully. And um, for any founders that are listening in that want to take action on their numbers, I'm going to encourage you to join us on financially fierce Fridays, they're going to be every Friday starting October 1st. And we are going to, uh, we're going to spend some time together. It's free coaching, uh, but it's, it's how to become financially fierce in five minutes. So it's not this big, you know, overwhelming piece. It's just getting into really good financial habits. So um, Candice, thank you for being here. Founders, thank you for listening. Thanks for watching. If you want to join Financially Fierce Fridays, you just sign up and that's all you have to do. Just hit the subscribe button and then everything will be sent to you. We're going to make it super, super easy. Okay, everybody, stay safe out there, stay strong, and as always, stay financially fierce. Candace, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.